Uh, there's no sun there. There's no need of the sun because the Lamb is the light thereof. But the Savior who dwelt amongst the glory of heaven came down into the dust and dirt of this world that he might be our Savior. And he became the man of sorrows. Think of him growing up in Nazareth, working with his father, making wooden plows and farming implements as a carpenter. All the labor and the toil and all the demands of people, and yet the Lord endured them all, that he might be our Savior. And then we could preach tonight what it cost him to go to the cross, where he suffered in our place. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. Thank you for joining with us here on the program. We have today part two of the message on the power of friendship. Now, this is not any ordinary friendship. This is friendship with Jesus, the Son of God, through whom we have reconciliation to the Father and by which we have peace with God, and we stand in grace. The most wonderful peace, the peace that passes all understanding. And so I trust that you will stay tuned right through the program today. We have a hymn moment by moment. And again, that's we are kept in his love. And I assure you that the love of Jesus is something wonderful. And I want you to have that love in your heart. I want you to know this power of gospel friendship so that you no longer will be a stranger to God or at a distance from Him, but rather that your heart will be full and overflowing with that inner life. The Lord Jesus once said, one day said, He that believeth in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want you to enjoy. And I pray that the grace of God will fill your heart the joy of the Lord will flood your soul, and that you will be blessed indeed. And so, stay tuned with us. At the close, we'll be looking again at our Bible study notes on Genesis 5. May the Lord speak to your heart now through this message from Proverbs chapter 17 on the love, the friendship of the Lord. Now, I move to the reality of the Lord's love is seen in what it cost him to be a Savior and a friend to our souls. And I come back to this little phrase, a friend at all times. Well, it cost our Lord Jesus to be born for us into this sinful, wicked, perverse world. The heaven's glory to Bethlehem's filth in a manger. Our Lord Jesus took upon him our nature. And the Bible says, though he was rich, yet he became poor, that we through him might be made rich. What a Savior we have, who was willing to pay the cost of coming into this world to be conceived in Mary's womb uh, by the Holy Ghost, 
and to join in the lot of humanity, born into filth and poverty, sweat and toil, uh, and all the indignities of life. And yet the Lord endured it just for us. And He proves that He is a friend born for adversity. It also cost Him to live for us. The one who walked the streets of glory, who received adoration day and night, if there be day and night in heaven. Uh, there's no sun there. There's no need of the sun because the Lamb is the light thereof. But the Savior who dwelt amongst the glory of heaven came down into the dust and dirt of this world that He might be our Savior. And He became the man of sorrows. Think of Him growing up in Nazareth, working with His Father, making wooden plows and farming implements as a carpenter, all the labor and the toil and all the demands of people. And yet the Lord endured them all, that He might be our Savior. And then we could preach tonight what it cost Him to go to the cross, where He suffered in our place. From Pilate's Hall to Golgotha, to be kneeled to a cross, a thing of shame and pain, real pain. I can't imagine the agonies of my Lord Jesus on that cross. When I look at this, this hand of mine and remember the nights of, of sleeplessness, just a fracture, and yet to get nails driven through your hands, and some would say that the Romans knew exactly where to drive those nails, that the bone structure would not tear, but that those nails would, would, and the bone would carry the weight of the body hanging limp upon the cross. This is a brother that loveth at all times. He didn't shirk the cross and the sufferings of it. He was born for adversity to take the curse and to take our sins upon Himself and bear the horrors of that death. Because God hates sin. Because God hates sin. And God will always judge sin. God will always punish the sinner. The wages of sin is death. And our Lord Jesus was willing to be born to the adversity even of the cross, that He might save you and me and bring us one day to glory, because the sin that was the guilt, the shame, the curse, the condemnation that should fall on me, Jesus took it upon Himself. That's our hope and our confidence tonight. One other area in this, and that is what it costs the Lord to continually intercede for us. Because the basis of Jesus' intercession for you and me is His blood. You read Hebrews 2, 3, and 4, and you discover that it was on the basis of His sacrifice that the high priest offered up to God atonement. 
and the Lord Jesus as our intercessor, as our advocate, our lawyer in heaven, pleading our cause. He prays for us on the basis of his own blood, so that your prayers are made effectual, so that when you ask in Jesus' name, whatever your request may be, they become effectual and received in heaven as you pray in Jesus' name. Now, as time allows, I want us to go in a slightly different direction here, and that is the readiness of the Savior to extend his love to his people. A brother born for adversity. The Lord is ready to extend his love when Satan tempts. That is a dark hour for a Christian. The accuser of God's people continually maligns and accuses. And then we need a defender. We need to find our defense in the name of the Lord. And we need to run to the one who is our tower and our refuge. Now, I mentioned Peter that when he was under temptation, uh, that the Lord Jesus prayed for him. Are you conscious of the Lord doing that for you? Tomorrow morning, you will face the world. You'll face all kinds of avenues of temptation. You need to be assured that the Lord is praying for you and holding you up in your time of need. When you read in the Psalms, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. That's Psalm 121. Sometimes it's called the traveler's psalm. And in these days when we're all in danger of falling asleep behind the wheel, we need to know that we have one who is watching over us, who neither slumbers nor sleeps. And you read down that uh, psalm, the Lord shall preserve thy going out, thy coming in, from this time forth and forevermore. Now, we can read those psalms, and we can memorize those psalms, and we can make them a part of our Christian tradition, but are you living on them? Are you depending on them day by day in your Christian life? That the Lord is with you and will keep you as you face temptation and trial in this life. The Lord is also ready to extend his love when in the midst of sickness, depression, and then the love of the Lord is no mere fancy. I want to read to you what Mr. Spurgeon said, just two lines. I warrant you the sweetest songs that ever came up from these lowlands to the eternal throne are from sick beds. Do you know that some of the best praying is done in hospitals? Some of the best praying is done in a, a hospice where the patient knows they'll never walk out that door again. This is it. And in that hour, they find the grace, the presence, the blessedness of the Savior in their hour of need. There's a reason why the psalmist David said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. 
Now, when you're a young Christian and you read that in the Psalms, that might be a striking statement. And you might be wondering, what was David going through that he had to say that? But the reality of it can only come in the hard knocks of life. And you will discover what, the, what David is saying here is true. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn my statutes. And then Isaiah 43, 2, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And you read the book of Isaiah, and you take those I wills. They comfort the heart. They minister to the soul. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Now, some people might read that, and they think that they can be a Daniel and just jump into the fire and not even get singed. We are not foolhardy, but we do believe that the Lord is our deliverer, and he's our helper in every time of need. The Lord is ready to extend his love when we go through such changing, changing times. So let this truth, this proverb, a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity, let it cheer your heart in the midst of sorrows. Man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. This world is a veil of disappointments. There are tears, real hot, burning, disappointing tears in this world. And it seems that there's always a black cloud on the horizon, even on the brightest day of our lives. The Lord seems to mix the bitter with the sweet, and he does that to keep us. And it's time to draw near to the Lord Jesus. Are you doing that? I feel that you're feeling the pain of the loneliness, the trials of the Christian life. But is it causing you to draw nearer to the Lord Jesus, to find your succor and your strength all the more in him. Don't walk alone in this world of trouble. What a friend we have in Jesus. We need to enter into that, and we need the Lord Jesus in our lives. If perchance you are living with a burden of sin and guilt, don't carry that burden alone. Take it to the Lord. He came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. His ministry is to lift the burden of sin and to bring you peace into your heart. One of the criticisms of the Pharisees was that the Lord Jesus eateth and drinketh with sinners. He had a ministry to sinners, and he brought them joy. You just read Luke 15, and you read about the woman 
seeking the coin, the joy of finding the coin, you, the, 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 the lost sheep, the joy in finding the sheep. And there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. And then you have the lost son and the joy in that home where there was music and dancing because he was lost is found. And if you tonight are carrying a burden of sin, trust the Lord, you will find him a friend that loveth at all times and is born for adversity. Let us also tonight tell the world about our Lord Jesus. We have such a Savior that the world needs to know him. They need this comfort and this grace of our Lord Jesus, who came to save and deliver people out of wretchedness and out of the bondage of sin. I wonder if you have watched today that funeral service for that police officer in Abbotsford, John Davidson. We watched it. I just felt it would be profitable to learn the attitudes, the tributes, and just how people managed that funeral. So I was all ears. And of course, I was hoping that there would be light and something of the gospel. But I have to say it was a very dark funeral. In fact, they called it a celebration of light or life, not, not a funeral. And yet the casket was there, the grieving widow was there, family members were there, even some siblings from England had traveled for the occasion. But there was no scripture, nothing of the Savior, no prayer, and I thought of the hundreds of young police officers who put their lives on the line continually, and not a word of hope, not a word of hope. They need the gospel. Oh, that there had been a John the Baptist to stand up and preach the Christ of Calvary, and tell in the midst of darkness and sorrow that we may not sorrow as others who have no hope. There just was no gospel hope in that. And it was a very secular event, totally secular, not a reference to God or religion, church or tradition. And it's just another t sign that Canadians are turning away from God and they face adversities without a savior. I could go on to talk about the drug culture, the culture of death in our society. What misery, what darkness. This nation needs an awakening. This nation needs Christ. And we need to take this gospel at every opportunity and to lead men and women to the one who is a friend at all times, even to the lowest guttermost, the Lord is able to seek and to save and to bring them. Let that be the testimony and the work of this church. Let us not feel 
to bring the message of our Savior to the lost and the dying all around us that need this gospel. May the Lord bless this text to your heart tonight. And above all, may you be personally led to discover the friendship that is in our Lord Jesus. Dying with Jesus by death reckoned mine, living with Jesus a new life divine, looking to Jesus till glory to shine, moment by moment, O Lord, I am thine. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak. It means a lot just to know that you are listening in and hearing these words. And our prayer is that they be words of life and they words of liberty that will bring you into that refreshing water of knowing, loving, fellowshipping with the Savior. And if we can be of any personal help, make sure you give us a call. Now, in this last segment of the program, we're turning to our Bible study notes. These are notes that we put out each week. We're in the book of Genesis, and they are available to you wherever you are because they're on our website. 
And if you go to www.ltbs.ca, look for Resources, Bible Studies, Genesis. There you'll find them chapter by chapter and PDF notes, as well as the audio for those who want to uh, listen to them. But in the application, now the format that we have is the summary of the passage, the key verse, observations, and then application. Now, application is the critical point. How does this apply to me? The written record, which was given through Moses, of the antediluvian world, that is, pre-Noah, makes it part of divine inspiration. We are to accept these first chapters of the Bible as we do any other inspired scripture. These are not legends of oral tradition. They are the written word of God and form part of the canon of scripture for our learning. Now, this is vital because these chapters of Genesis are under attack. There are so-called scholars, modernists, liberals, university professors, the academia, and they uh, oppose these early records, saying that they are no more than traditions or oral tradition, therefore not dependable and accurate as information. Well, how do they know? They were never there. But God was, and he has given us this record right here in these early chapters of Genesis on these early events of world history. Now, remember, this is the true history, not the billions and millions of years that the evolutionists talk about. And, of course, their world came as the product of chance. Uh, We believe the world that came about by the power of God, by a designer, a creator who knew what he was doing and put it all together and got it right, at least in the Garden of Eden before sin came in. Another application here is that the definite distinction of the sexes sets God's standard for all people for all time. God's creative work making man, male, and female is part of our DNA. A person's sex is determined by biology, not emotions. Due to man's fall resulting in human depravity, we cannot allow emotions to control us. There are deviant thoughts, temptations, and practices to be labeled as sin, for they are contrary to the will of God. The creator of man is male and female. Christ confirmed the divine order of man and woman in creation when he stated, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Oh, what a text for the philosophers of today. May God in grace preserve us from these deviants who turn God's order into chaos and confusion. May the rising generation hear the Lord speak. Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? This record can be trusted because the Lord Jesus Christ stumped it with his own pronouncement, Have ye not read? O turn today to God's record, not to the confusion of men. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Call me, please, at 604-897-2040. For all the details of our broadcasts across Canada, go to ltbs.ca.
This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 18790 58th Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. Our website is cloverdalefpc.ca, and there you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, a gospel booklet called A New Beginning, and a link to watch our services online. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day at 9.30 a.m. from September to June. You can contact us at 604-567-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdalefpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please visit our website at cloverdalefpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will bring you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our one-hour church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word.